Welcome to the Injury and Violence Prevention In-Depth Podcast. My name is Mighty Fine, and I'm the host of this Safe States Alliance production. In this space, we'll engage in dialogue with IVP professionals on a variety of issues to help inform our listeners, you all, on the latest trends and hot topics in injury and violence prevention. Today is an extra special episode because we are broadcasting live from the 2023 Safe States Annual Conference in Denver, Colorado. I'll be stopping attendees and asking them, what is the biggest injury or violence prevention issue you foresee and how can we prepare for it now? So sit back, listen in, and hear what some of the movers and shakers in IVP have to say. Hi, I'm Sadie McKay. I'm a general pediatrician with UT Health Houston. Well, thank you for joining us live from the 2023 Safe States Annual Conference. And the question that's on my mind, and probably a lot of others as well, is What's the biggest injury or violence prevention issue you foresee and how can we prepare for it? Yeah. So one of the things that I have been encountering and I foresee, especially when we are in addressing you know, injury and violence prevention, is how to address and combat misinformation and really try to bridge that political divide. My area of research and expertise is firearm injury prevention okay. and working in a state you know, coming from Texas that can sometimes prevent, present its challenges, but also present its opportunities as well. Um, and in reaching out and talking with folks, you'll see a lot of misinformation that's just percolating through a variety of different channels, you know, through social media, through um, traditional media resources. And how can we overcome this through the general population and, and really get quality, you know, respected, evidence-based you know, information out there so that people can really know those trusted sources. But on top of that, you know, how can we take that evidence and really bridge those political divides? Because at the end of the day, when we start talking about safety, especially to our decision makers, it's really so eye-opening to understand that everyone's on the same page when Absolutely. it comes to preventing injury and promoting safety. And you can remove all the little letters in front of everyone's names, and they all agree on the same thing. Nobody wants anyone to die by a firearm. And even with political action groups and lobbying groups, they all agree on the same thing. Nobody should die by a firearm. No child should ever die by a firearm. And when we can promote safety in these you know, channels and venues and really do that through an evidence-based way, that's going to be able to really elevate our voices and really make change on a population level. And we really do need to focus on how can we comment that misinformation and how can we, you know, take a, an approach that's culturally sensitive and also going to be effective to really start moving that needle. And that I think will be a really great shift for the future. Absolutely. And I'm sure lots of our listeners would agree and are willing to join you in that fight to ensure that we're combating disinformation as well as misinformation. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, my name is Victor Sapine. I am a PhD candidate at the University of Iowa in the Department of Epidemiology and with the Injury Prevention Research Center. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. So the question of the hour is, what is the biggest injury or violence prevention issue you foresee in the future and how can we prepare for it? I think there's two different ways that we can think about this. We okay. can think about an actual, the actual problem with injury and violence prevention and the way that the injury and violence prevention community is actually going to approach it. So starting with one of the largest top or one of the most daunting topics, which is climate change. 
Um, I, I foresee that climate change is going to be contributing a lot to um, injuring violence. Um, there, there's a lot of different um, injuries and violence, violent acts that we have to think about. Sure. Um, when it comes to injuring violence prevention from the community, I think that uh, our next step is focus less on um, individual risk factors and focus and focusing less on like the individual and focusing more on some of the social aspects. And so really considering like the social determinants of health, um, taking more of an eco-social approach. Okay, thank you. Very well said. Appreciate your time again. <laughs> thank you. Hi everyone, my name is Jasmine Willaford. I am the Injury Violence um, Prevention Program Coordinator at the Maryland Department of Health. And we are under the core state and injury prevention program with the CDC and a partner with the Safe States Alliance, awesome. the Mid-Atlantic region. Okay, represent for the Mid-Atlantic from DC, so, you know, we're neighbors. <laughs> so Jasmine, the question of the hour is, what is the biggest injury or violence prevention issue you foresee in the future and how can we prepare for it? Uh, the biggest injury and violence prevention issue that has come up in several sessions are gun violence, okay. specifically with the youth um, and minority and underserved areas. Uh, I foresee this in the future because of how prevalent and influential social media is and also its affiliation with music. Um, I think a lot of young people, um, as the age-old story, they emulate the people that they look up to. And now that they have access to their idols or the people that they look up to, um, especially musical artists and professional um, performing artists, they can see their lives on a day-to-day. And unfortunately, the pro about that is they have a deeper connection with those people. But the con is that they're also looking at some of the more negative aspects, i.e. Um, the violence portion and trying to emulate that as well. Um, and um, it is showing up in more of the urban areas and the underserved populations um, and the populations that also feel like they um, don't feel as understood by either their elders or um, other organizations that say that um, they're for them. Um, So I think we can prepare for it by creating more cultural, culturally appropriate um, targeted campaigns and messaging, but also connecting with some of those um, people that young individuals look up to Um, Not all artists, even though they speak on gun violence or violence in their music, they don't want to stay in those places. And I think that there is a disconnect when it comes to the messaging. Um, Music and social media is a place for expression. And um, sometimes there may be a disconnect with what is being expressed versus what is being received or how um, messages should, should be received. So we can use that as a tool moving forward, especially as uh, social media platforms are evolving and changing. Awesome. Thank you. And I I certainly can appreciate that in helping us and IVP to really think more intentionally about how media broadly influences violence in the perpetration or victimization. So perfectly said. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. My name is Emily Saxon, and I am a program officer with the CDC Foundation. 
Awesome. And thanks again for joining us today, Emily. So the question is, that's on my mind, but I think on the minds of other folks here at the conference as well. What is the biggest injury or violence prevention issue you foresee in the future and how can we prepare for it? Yeah. Um, great question and a, a loaded question as I was preparing outside. I was like, how am I going to answer this? Um, and as I was thinking about it, it's not necessarily an issue of the future, but I think what a lot of injury and violence prevention folks are seeing now is we're just shifting into this space of tackling structural and built environment and racial inequities that are really the, the fuel for a lot of the challenges we see in injury and violence prevention. And I think having that mindset now and kind of adapting our programs and adapting our research and evaluation and knowledge to address those issues will really be like the start of a true upstream prevention model for substance abuse or domestic violence or suicide prevention. So I think it's probably always been the forefront sure. of this field, but now is where we really have the terminology and the support and social context to address these issues. Absolutely. And so what I'm hearing from you is addressing them, but thinking about it with intention and actually figuring out how do we operationalize it mm-hmm. in, in the work that we're doing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yes, I appreciate you. it. Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm Michelle and I work as an ORICE fellow at the CDC, I work on the evaluation team within the Division of Injury Prevention. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. And the question is, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> what is the biggest injury or violence prevention issue you foresee in the future and how can we prepare for it now? I think the biggest issue is gun violence that stems from mental health issues. Um, so gun violence that can stem from either someone who has a mental health issue and is targeting one person or that can be um, multiple people like school shootings or things like that. So I think that um, currently in the U.S., uh, the healthcare system is focused on treatment rather than prevention. So in the future, we need to focus on early intervention to prevent mental health um, issues from escalating into acts of violence. Um, and additionally, focusing on holistic practices that address the root cause of mental health issues um, would allow us to stop those mental health issues from re- resulting in any gun violence. Um, and I think one way to do that would be to work with health practitioners to allow everyone to become on the same page. Because as of right now, there are certain people and organizations that understand the root, root causes and understand, um, they kind of look more holistically at where mental health issues come from, but that, all, that doesn't always translate into Western medicine and to people who deal with uh, mental health issues after they've already transpired. So I think um, getting to the root cause and then working within um, different practitioners would really help to um, f- um, work on that issue. Thank you. So what I'm hearing you say is for us in IVP is to really do a deep dive into the intersection of mental health, firearms, and, and getting a good grasp on what's happening with that intersection. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I am Sarah Beth Abbott from um, Houston, Texas, and I am the Injury Prevention and Outreach Education Coordinator for Children's Memorial Hermit Hospital. Awesome. Great to have you with us today, Sarah Beth. And nice to be Texas here. really representing this conference, you know? Yes, we, we have a great delegation here and yeah. it's um, Team Texas all the way. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so the question of the hour is, what is the biggest injury or violence prevention issue you foresee in the future and how can we prepare for it now? 
So I'm going to take a different spin on this. Let's, let's and I think it. one of the largest issues, and I don't see a complete resolution, is funding mm-hmm. for injury prevention. <laughs> yeah, the dollar. And I think um, us as injury um, prevention practitioners um, and researchers academia, we all need to kind of, you know, get together and, you know, have um, the right streams of funding and, um, you know, continually have that um, steady voice in the community Mm -hmm. to find private funders, federal funders, governmental municipalities, et cetera. um, So we can actually pull together and have a larger impact than what we do in our keyword silos. I like that and because when you think about, again, the burden that injuries and violence place on the public's health, uh, it really doesn't seem like the dollar is matching that, right? There's a little bit of incongruence Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So I, I like that idea of really focusing on funding and thinking about how do we diversify that portfolio so we can adequately address these issues. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. My name is Jennifer Leenan. I'm from Grand Forks Air Force Base in North Dakota, um, and I work in the sexual assault prevention and response field. So I'm still new to IVP, very new. <laughs> Great. Well, we're, we're glad to have you, and there's a lot of Air Force representation this year at the meeting. So it's been a very interesting one, is in the blending mm-hmm. of sort of the different disciplines and where we sort of sit in this grand scheme of public health mm-hmm. and seeing where there's so much synergy that I don't know if I initially thought about previously. Right. So with that being said, my mm-hmm. question to you is, what's the biggest injury or violence prevention issue you foresee in the future, and how can we prepare for it now? Um, well, like I said, still new, yeah. finally putting my, my degree to use. Okay. But what I can say, um, at, at least for right now, and I, I hope that it gets better, um, at least in the sexual assault realm within the military, um, the focus on men. Okay. And even and even in IVP world, men as as the victims, um, and then also another issue uh, within the military in in the sapper field, uh, the LGBTQ okay. community. Um, that is, I'm working on my doctorate, and that's what I want my my concentration to be on for my dissertation. And I, I foresee that as, or not even foresee, I, I see that as it's an issue, but it's just not talked about for sure, absolutely, and. Um, especially in the good old boys system of, of the military. Yeah, so. yeah. So it's really about highlighting absolutely the the breadth of what's, what we see happening in sexual violence mm-hmm. prevention and mm-hmm. showing the voices that are sometimes muted or not heard as often Correct. are elevated. Correct. Awesome. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, that's an issue now. Um, we, now that I'm thinking about it, we're in the middle of our annual training. Okay. Um, that is, uh, I believe it's congressional mandated, so we have to do it every year. Um and this is the first time that there's one slide, one lonely slide for men and oh, wow. the LGBTQ community. And so, the rest of it's all females. Okay. Yeah. So, so you'll, you'll be helping to lead that charge. Huh? I hope so. <laughs> because, you know, it, it's, it's not fair. Sure, it's not yeah. right. And I, I think that that needs to, it needs to change because men can certainly be raped, be hurt, you know? Yes, absolutely. And they need those people to champion their voices. Absolutely. We need to broaden the narrative so folks understand that Mm -hmm. and address things like stigma that comes along with it. Yes. Yes. Whether that's societal, familial, personal, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah. And however, I do um, 
once a month, we do uh, a training with what's called the FTAC course, F-T-A-C, which is first term airman course. So that's when you come out of basic and come out of uh, your your tech school, which is like your, your job school, if you will. And you come to your first base, you're usually um, an airman basic, A1C, maybe a senior airman. And it just gives you a whole brief rundown of the base and everything uh, that's available, some more information about the Air Force. But Sapper comes in and um, I I have hope because these young men, most of my classes are are men. They have, how do I say it? Um, I, I think they're more aware okay. now of um, that it's okay Got to ask for help. Got it. So, okay. so that so, shifting a little bit as you absolutely, say. Okay, well, that's absolutely, good. That's good. yeah, um, yeah. So okay. I, I just I tell them, you know, hey, you don't even have to come to my office uh-huh. to make a report if you just want to talk. Yeah, we, I'm here for you. Exactly. I, I love that. That's, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Yeah. And I know you have more of the conference to get back to and yep. I could hold you and have a conversation I with could. you. I absolutely could. Yeah, this is my three. passion. Yeah. So we'll have to invite you back to the yeah. podcast so we can thank delve you, into this a little bit more deeply. Yeah. Thank you for your time. I appreciate course, it. Thank you as well. Thank you for stopping by this live recording of IVP In-Depth here at the Safe States Annual Conference. So tell us your name and your affiliation. Thank you, Michael. My name is Teresa Reinhardt. I'm with Kirtland Air Force Base in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm the Chief of Integrated Prevention for the Department of Defense Air Force. Great to have you with us. And the question of the hour is, what is the biggest injury or violence prevention issue you foresee in the future and how can we prepare for it now? Okay, so most immediate on my time horizon is hiring up my workforce. Okay. The Air Force has a big push on violence prevention and seeing violence, including suicide, as uh, under the umbrella of risk factors, protective factors. So I need to hire up three people. Okay. Right now, I'm the office of one. Oh, wow. So yes. It's a bit overwhelming. And they <laughs> keep pushing these programs uh-huh. uh, to us. So right now, I'm trying to do suicide prevention for the entire base. Okay. And then also... A new program came to our office, our office of one, sure. uh, that typically was done by Equal Opportunity or EU office, but that's to assess the climate and morale within the unit, yes. and then commanders get feedback on the morale within their unit okay. in terms of if there's any sexual harassment going on okay. or discrimination or other issues of concern. So it's getting that workforce hired up. Got it. And I think uh, that specific to you and your world. And I think that's something that we can say, like you're, you're thinking more broadly beyond that is that we have to ensure that we have the workforce capacity yes. to meet the needs of the yeah, people. Yeah, I kind of touched on those issues. It's definitely with preventing all sorts of interpersonal violence, yes, yes. child abuse, child neglect, sexual harassment, sexual assault, bullying, hazing, sure. and of course, um, what they're calling inter, um, self-directed violence. Yes, so, yes absolutely. And it just makes me think about, too, where we in public health can be doing more. I think the folks doing great work out there to sort of promote the value of public health and help Uh, early career professionals, high school students, college students, our service members to really understand and appreciate IVP or injury violence prevention as an opportunity for a profession Mm -hmm. so that we can ensure that we have that transition in the workforce. Yeah, we definitely need to recruit between these uh, professionals and it's all about making our society a stronger, healthy Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for stopping by. Much appreciated. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Thanks for stopping by this live broadcasting of IVP In-Depth here at the 2023 Safe States Conference. 
And uh, just tell us your name and your affiliation so our, our listeners know who, we're t- who I'm talking to. Hi, everyone. Um, and thank you again, Mighty, for having me. My name is Hannah Dunlop, and I am a second-year MPH student at the Colorado School of Public Health. Um, and I'm also the Safe States Communications intern. Awesome. So happy to be talking with you today. So I ask you the same question. What is it? And it'd be great to actually hear your perspective as a MPH student. So what is the biggest injury or violence prevention issue you foresee in the future and how can we prepare for it? So obviously we all know that there's crazy rates of gun violence and suicide um, in our population. And so we know that and that's just one of the small, not a small issue, but one of the many issues. Um, And I'm just thinking about the workforce that has to tackle all this. Um, They're not going to go away. And so as an MPH student and within the program, I never learned about IVP. It's not in my master's program or anything like that. I just found safe states. So making sure that the public health workforce is trained in this um, specific field. So we have the resources and have the knowledge to be able to tackle all of these issues. I love that because you make me think about when we look at injuries and violence broadly, we recognize the enormous burden that it places on the public's health. So it would make sense for us to ensure that the workforce is trained and they're equipped with the tactics, skills, et cetera, to ensure that they're meeting the issue with the intention uh, that it requires. So thanks, Anna. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for listening to IVP In-Depth. Be sure to subscribe and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You can also follow Safe States on Twitter or LinkedIn at Safe States. And don't forget to check out our website, www.safestates.org, for more injury and violence prevention tools and resources that I'm sure you'll find extremely useful. I'd like to take this opportunity to also thank all of the sponsors for the conference as well. With that, this is your host, Mighty Fine, signing off. Until next time, stay safe and injury-free.